I just want to welcome up Anne. Anne, teacher Anne Walsh. <laughs> we used to say Pastor Anne Walsh, but she's since moved on to the Ministry of uh, Education. And so just ministering in Fernside, and it's wonderful to have you here, Anne. So we're looking forward to what you got to say this morning. Wonderful. Awesome. I have to say it's so nice to see Sasha as well. And where is she? She's not even here. <laughs> These guys had a wedding out at our place in the forest that we had, and they had their photos in. It's all changed. After the wind, we lost 16 trees. So if you see their photos, those trees aren't there anymore. (laughs) Hey, it is so lovely to be able to have the chance to share with you guys this morning, and especially because I'm talking to Thrive Whanau. I'm talking to family. talking to you kids as well, guys. Not just the adults this morning, but for kids as well. And... We're also talking about my favourite topic, God's goodness, right? It's my favourite topic. God's goodness is the very reason why God and I are friends. I would not be his follower if it wasn't for God's goodness. We love him because he first loved us. Is that fair? It doesn't sound that fair. I feel like I should just love God because he's awesome, but I really love him because he loved me first. And he has shown me his goodness for as long as I can remember. He's been real in my life. He's shown me his goodness. He's shown me who he says he is. And he has never not been good to me. I have complained to him. I have not understood some things. I have questioned some of the things. And I've challenged him. And I've got really angry about situations with him. But I have never known God to be anything else but good. And knowing God is good is about knowing God. All right? We know there's a difference between knowing about God and really knowing Him. And for me, my walk with God has to have been more than hearing the teaching that I heard in Sunday school, hearing the sermons that I'd heard in church, having awesome worship music. It's had to be more than the stories and the testimonies I've heard, these amazing things of healing and these stories. I want those stories. I want those in my life. I don't want to just hear about it. God's got to be around my life. And so it's about walking and talking and crying and laughing with God. So, thinking about goodness, I decided that, Stu, this is so annoying, two fingers, is it? <laughs> That's it, I've got it. I'm using Stu's um, laptop today, and I'm just trying to work it out. That's good. Right, talking about goodness, I'm going to list off some things that are good. The first thing that I could think of that was good was KFC chips. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else agrees with that, but oh, they are good, Right? And then I thought, what else is good is when I'm really warm next to a fire and it's really pouring it with rain outside or it's hailing and it's cold, but I am warm eating KFC chips. That was the second thing I thought about. I love going on holidays with my family and spending all those experiences with them. That's something else that I find absolutely awesome. If you've ever had a bath bomb that's a fizzer and you put it in the bath and it kind of like this in the bath, that is really satisfying. And also, right up there is when you get a brand new phone or a device and you peel that bit of plastic off and it's so clean. I love that. So satisfying. But nothing comes close to John 3.16. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him won't perish, that they will have everlasting life. That is up there. That is up there for the goodness of God right there, right? And I thought, you know what, that tops me, but there is something else that I think is right up there as well. And it's this in Genesis 1. God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created the male and female. He created them. Those two right there, that is God's goodness. We're like, God, he made us. He created us. He chose to create us. And he loves us that much that he died for us. Now, we're doing a series on the goodness of God here at Thrive. Today, I want to take it a little step further. I want us to consider our response to that goodness. And I want us to look at a command that was given to us by God. In Mark 12, a teacher of the law questions Jesus and he says, what is the greatest command? And he says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. This isn't just a nice thing to do. This is a command, this is an expectation, and it might come easier for some of you and not so easy for others. It might be easier in our church church context, and it might be more difficult in our work context, or it might be vice versa. Okay, in our schools, how do we love others around us? Loving people is a challenge that I want to give you this morning. And how do we love people within the context of people, right? People. People are complicated. And can't we just choose the people that we want to love? It would be nice, right? Now, unless you're alone, you're self-sufficient, you're not connecting with family anymore or anyone in society, there is a good chance you're going to run into people and run into people that are going to grate you the wrong way, right? Whether it's family members, people in your workplace, in your community, in church, in your schools, those in the local supermarket or the petrol station, even when you're just driving along on the road, right? Right? We have people who come from different cultural, economic, different backgrounds, different religious backgrounds. We've got people with different political views, different people that we want to cheer for when it comes to the Rugby World Cup. We've got pro-vaccination, anti-vaccination, people who don't really care either way. We've got people who are old, we've got people who are young, we've got old people who feel young and young people that feel old. We've got the... Male, female, them, they, the LGBTQ community with lesbian, gays, um, bisexual, transgender and queer community. There are people who are nice and there are people who are not so nice. And there are people that are so nice that it annoys you so much, right? I'm sure that's no one in here. It just makes me feel bad about myself when people are so nice. <laughs> there are people that we just clash with their personality, Right? We live in this multicultural, multi-coloured, ever-changing world that's full of rights and wrongs and everything is okay if it feels good. Whether we love it or hate it, it's the world that we live in and we get to choose how we respond to those who live in it. Now, 
the obvious choice is to look in the Bible at people who connect with other people and how well they do it. Surely, if you're mentioned in the Bible, you're a top shelf example of pure awesomeness. People must have it right here. Surely. I'm just going to read. We've got 66 books in the Bible. The very first book is Genesis. And just in chapter 6, so we're just getting started here, it says this. The Lord regretted that he'd made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. Verse 7 says, For I regret that I have made them. We are far from perfect, are we not? It's not a great start. How are we supposed to live with people when we're really hard work? If you've been to Sunday school, if you've been around at church for a bit, you've read your word, you've even heard some of those stories that we hear quite often from the Bible, you're going to know that the Bible is full of really imperfect people, dysfunctional families, people struggling to get on with those around him, and those who all fall short of where we're meant to be. Cain and Abel, two brothers very early on in the story, one was jealous, decided to kill the other. A guy called Joseph, he had brothers. Come on, we know this family. Family can be hard to get on with. These guys really didn't like him. They thought they'd kill him. Instead, they threw him in a hole and sold him off. Right? We've got lots of dysfunction. There's many, many stories. And it's not just family dysfunction in the Bible. There's dysfunction with churches and politicians, with royal families and marketplaces and whole cities with men and women. Dysfunctional whole cities. And the Bible is full of all these complications and these challenges, these un the um, unlovely, the weak, the broken. But these challenges are very real. And you may very well come to have someone come to mind who you know, oh, they're difficult to get on with. The narrative in the Bible is about those weak and the failures and the unattractive and the broken. And in Genesis, God was really deeply troubled by the behaviour of people and he made the call to destroy most of the earth. That is not my story today with those people that you don't get on with. <laughs> because Genesis didn't stop there, right? God didn't stop there. His choice has always been about love. His narrative is, continues even now. For God so loved the world. But we're going to do something fun now. I have a few little wee science things with me this morning. Now, these people that can be quite difficult to get on with in our lives, whether it be someone that is in your family, you might not even know them as that person that every time you go to the petrol station, they are whatever, <laughs> that you just really struggle with these different people. So we're going to have this as our little person today. It's going to represent our person that we struggle to get on with for whatever their views are or whatever that situation is. So I'm going to start with this in here is dishwashing liquid. So I'm going to put some of this in here. Now dishwashing liquid is one of those soapy things you don't want in your mouth. You want to spit it out, right? And sometimes there are people who are like that. We just don't want to have anything to do with it. Don't come too close. In here, hydrogen peroxide. Did I say it right? This is poisonous, right? 
we don't want to get it on our clothes because if it gets on our clothes, it leaves a stain. And there are people around us that we don't want to get too close to because they, they might leave a mark on me or they might even leave a mark on my family members. I'd rather keep them at distance, right? Now, I am starting a garden at my place and I'm really fussy about my garden. I like purple, white, blue, green and pink in my garden. I don't want red, I don't want yellow, I don't want orange. This is how I like it and I feel comfortable with my garden and my box and this is the way it is. And if I see something pop up, I'm like, no, it can't be, it's the wrong colour. So sometimes people are a bit colourful and they don't suit our beigeness. So I'm putting some food colouring. <laughs> I'll say my beigeness, right? <laughs> so here's this person who already from the get-go, I want to reject. I don't have much time or effort for this person. Yeah. Jesus comes along. Right? Now, I did this out at Whitebridge Church, and I said to the church, what does yeast represent? And they all said sin. <laughs> and I went, oh, no, not that pun. <laughs> it's, the, it's the kingdom of God, right? So Jesus, the kingdom of God. We're going to put this in here and let this sit for a little bit. Now, we know that the church represents Christ, right? It is our job to represent Christ in this world. Christ is absolutely living and moving in this place. But through us, guys, we are responsible for showing who God is in this world, right? So let me mix this a little bit. And so this person, these people that we meet, what a difference it could make if we chose love, right? Kids, you're watching? Let's see what it does. Oh, I've got a tray under here. I wonder why. We'll see how well it goes. We haven't settled this for too long. Oh. Our hope is that when we show love to others, that it would overflow from them and have a reaction that would bring change and have a huge impact on the world that's around us, right? Nice. Oh, I still don't want to get that on my clothes. <laughs> if we're going to look in the Word, it's really hard to look at people. We know that we're broken and we're falling. And that's a really good example for us because we're not perfect either, are we? But if we look to Jesus, he is the example that we're to set for how we love people in this world. Two points. God chose to create us in his image. He created us. And the second, God sent his, his son to die for us so that we could reconcile with God. That's not just us, right? We think about that and go, wow, that's awesome for me, God. Oh, that person, those people that you struggle to get on with, he made them in God's image. He made them and he, di he died for them as well. And it's really easy to love the sick and the outcast and the colourful, the broken and the non-Christians if they're nice. But some of these people aren't. If they don't like me, if someone's never told me that they love me, 
And I tell them all the time, well, you know what? I might wash my hands of them. My brother's never phoned me. I don't have a brother, this is an example. My brother has never phoned me. Why should I phone him? He's never reached out for me. My sister or my brother and my family constantly pick on, picks on me. Why should I show love to them? A kid at school's picking on me. Why should I, why should I do this? I should wash my hands of them and have nothing to do with them. Now, kids, when I was younger, there were two girls, for whatever reason, they didn't like me. And they would chat, and they would giggle, and I actually still to this day have no idea why they didn't like me. So, I used to read my little Good News Bible, and I must have come across this verse, because it really stood out for me. Proverbs chapter 25 if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat, and if he's thirsty, give him water to drink. What? Why? Why should it be nice to people who are so horrible to me? And then I got it. Verse 22. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on their head, and the Lord will reward you. I've got it, I thought. This is awesome. So... When I saw them, and if they were walking home and I passed them on my bike and I'd see them down the street or they weren't together, I'd do this. Hi, hi Katie, how's it going? Nice to see you, hope you have a great day. Hi Jennifer, hi, really like your outfit today, awesome. And I would carry, now in my head I was leaping, I was heaping hot coals on their head, right? <laughs> However, <laughs> this taught me a lesson on kindness. At first, they were like, what? They could not understand why I was being so lovely. Then the next minute, I think they were just so awkward, they went, hi. And then they started being nice to me. Now, I have no idea what on earth was going on about that. But I do know that when you show kindness, it can make such a huge difference. It says in Proverbs 15, a gentle word turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs one up. Give it a go. It's a good place to start if you don't like them. <laughs> the last little point that I just want to make is in Luke 22. And this, for me, is where Jesus shows such incredible love. Now, there are lots of stories where Jesus shows love, and there are people that come to him, and he is gracious upon them. But this is where someone who really doesn't like him, he shows love too. He's at the Mount of Olives, and he's praying this is before he gets taken away to be judged and then hung on the cross. And another dysfunctional friend here, Judas, goes away and he comes back with a crowd. And this crowd is carrying swords and clubs and they've come to apprehend him. His disciples say this, Lord, should we strike with our swords? But before that even finished, one of them had struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. This is someone who has come, they've been trying to trick Jesus, they've been trying to get him arrested, and they've come to take him away. And Jesus touches the man's ear and heals him. I don't know if we could do that. Show love and grace so kindly to someone who wants to kill us. Jesus shows compassion. He shows grace even to his enemies. 
We know that God asks us to love one another as you love yourself, to love one another as Christ loved you, to love unselfishly and unsacrificially. And in 1 John 3, it says, This is how we know what love is, that Jesus laid down his life for us, that we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If any of you have material possessions and you see a brother or sister in need and you don't have pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or with speech, but with actions and truth. Oh, this message is simple. <laughs> love others. How do we live with people? We love them. And though the message is simple, the practical implications are really difficult, are really challenging and uncomfortable. You might not have lots of material possessions to give away. You might be thinking, how can I love this person? Here is your go-to verse, which I'm finishing with this morning. And this is how you love. 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonour others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Love never fails. It's really hard to say you first. It is hard to not get angry. It is hard to not delight in evil. It is hard to not keep reminding people of the wrong they are doing. It is hard, but it is what we are asked to do. We are commanded to love each other. We are His church and we are the example of Christ to an unsaved world. And as we keep looking at this series, this, um, this term, God's goodness, let's consider how we respond to it that His goodness doesn't just make an impact on us as individuals, but that it overflows out of us in a response to the world that we live in. May you fall more in love with Jesus and may you demonstrate that love to those around you. Right? Do you guys want to stand with me and we'll pray, eh? God, you're awesome. You are awesome. You are awesome. I am so grateful for your love. We are so grateful. God, you created us in your image that blows me away. And God, in our imperfections, you get that. It's not about being perfect. Sarah shared that full well this morning. You love us because you love us because you love us. Lord, I pray, Father, as we go about our days in the next week and the next month, God, as we may very well be faced with people that we have got to figure out how we're going to respond to them. Help us to do that in love. Help us to have patience. Help us to not keep this record of wrong with people. Lord, I want to pray if there's people in this space, Lord, who someone comes to mind 
someone they just really struggle with, Father. Lord, grace them in this next season. Grace them on how they can respond, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray for the kids, God. Lord, I pray as they go into their schools. God, as you spoke to me at such a young age, Father, I know, God, that you speak to us at such a young age to have an impact on those around us. Lord, may these guys be like real lights in their spaces, Father. May they make a difference. May they make people go, what? You responded like that? Yeah, because... I know my God, He loves me and He loves that person too. This is how I'm going to respond. Lord, may these kids have a huge impact in their friends around them, with their families, and on us mums and dads, I pray. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.